wedding, so sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it's coming, it's coming eventually. Uh, but we started and saw the overarching theme is this, imitating Christ. And uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible tells us, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And that word followers, we, we spent some time last week looking at it and uh, has the idea of being a, a mimic or an imitator of God. So here's the command, it's in the imperative mode. So the command is for you and I as born-again believers to be imitators of Christ. And so Paul's going to lay out... Uh, uh, really throughout this chapter, just tons and tons of stuff. that He's going to address our walk, our, our attitudes, our time management, our actions, all these things, uh, even our marriages. And, and he's going to command us and every one of those that we should, that we should be imitate or be a mimic of Jesus Christ in each one of them. And so last week we saw, the, again, that thing, the very command, that it was a command, be you followers of God. Uh, be a, literally a copy of him and have that same nature. And thank God he didn't, he, left, he didn't leave us alone, right? He gave us helps to do that. And we think about he gave us the scriptures to help us. We saw that. He gave us his spirit to help us and, and guide us through, through life. And then he gave us, of course, all these sacred promises in the word of God that when we obey him and follow him, he will direct our paths. And, and then we saw the, not only the, the command, but then we saw the condition with which we're to imitate him because he said as dear children and so we're told to uh, we're told to do it as dear children it's natural for children to imitate their parents right and uh, they're they're going to do it they won't listen to you sometimes but they will i promise you imitate you and i, I read a quote last week i got it here james baldwin said this i love the quote children have never been very good at listening to their elders but they have never failed to imitate them and so what a great quote that was and so Think about this. The Lord saved us. He did it for a purpose. He didn't do it just so we could go to heaven. He, he did it also so that we could be conformed into his image, so we could be transformed. We were predestined to be like him. And so Paul here is commanding us through this chapter, be an imitator of Christ, be a mimic of him. And so if we're going to do that, we've got to do it in every way, in our attitudes, in our actions. And so as we get into uh, the couple verses today, here's, Here's what we need to realize. It's really easy to fall in the same rut. Y'all notice that? As the world falls into. Even as believers. When we know we shouldn't be thinking this. We, we know we shouldn't be saying this. We know we shouldn't be doing this. It's so easy to just fall into the same rut that everybody else falls into. And I, I'll give you something. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, I like to do this from time to time. I have two hours on the road. I have one way every day. I'm on the road four hours a day every day just about. So I have to learn to, Im to entertain myself. And, uh, and let me just tell you something. People follow you. I, I noticed this truth a long time ago, but I, I do this almost every day now. Forgive me, Lord. Uh, so I'm driving down the interstate, right? And, you know, you always got those folks. I'm, I'm always the second fastest. You can, you can go. To, you're, you're retired. Never mind. I'm not worried about you anymore. <laughs> He's a retired police officer. He can't, he can't blue light me now. But I'm always the second fastest. He said, what, what do you mean the second fastest? I find somebody's motoring. And they're my spotter. They're, they, we let them go on ahead a little bit, and I keep them in sight, but they're going to get the ticket. Then I'm the second fastest, and then there's always a third fastest that's following me. Happens every single day. And so as I get going down the interstate, I get this guy that's following me, and I decide to play games with him. Subconsciously, you will do this. After, on a long drive down the interstate, you kind of quit watching the road. You may not realize you do that. You start following the car in front of you. 
And if the car in front of you goes over here, guess what? You naturally go over there. So I start making them follow me around a little bit. I'm over here a little bit across these two lines, and then over here across the yellow. Finally, I get in one of those sections, got them rumple strips off the side. I can't wait for this part. And so I head on over there slowly. You got to do it slow. Just slowly, they follow, you. get those rumble strips and watch them. When they hit them, they jerk that thing back real quick. And, uh, and people, we naturally follow others is, is what I'm trying to say. And it, it's so easy to get in that rut. You know, it's like a, uh, being in a river in a kayak. It's a whole lot easier to go downstream and just, just go with the flow than it is to be different. Well, the Lord called us to be like him, not like everybody else. So that means it's going to take a little effort. I mean, it's going to take a little work. In fact, he, he told us in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So with that in mind, I want to jump in these verses as we just make a few more verses today and, and really look, look at the idea of today of things we need to avoid. So if we're going to imitate or mimic the Lord, then, then we've got to be living like him. And instead of like the lost world, that's kind of the idea. And he's going to lay out some things that the lost world does frequently that we're to avoid. And so, and in fact, I, I kind of got the whole text of this from verse 7 where he says, be, be not you partakers with them. So let's read together today. We'll pick up verse 1 again for the context. But he says, but ye therefore, by, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for an offering and a sacrifice uh, to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be named once among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness or, nor foolish talking nor jesting, uh, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, we're not going to make it past verse 4, but we'll keep reading anyway. <laughs> for this you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater uh, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So if we're going to mimic Christ, if we're going to live for Christ, there's some things we need to avoid. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our... Our time together in Sunday school to get today to open up the Word of God. And I pray today, Lord, that you take some truths, that you, you Lord, you illuminate it in my life and my, my heart, Lord, as I study this. And help me to convey it with clarity, Lord. Help us to leave here, Lord, uh, realizing there's some things, some, maybe many of us have allowed from time to time in our lives, Lord, that we just need to get rid of. Because we end up imitating or mimicking the lost world instead of our Lord. Help us learn these things to avoid today, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we read this list, uh, the first thing I want you to see is there's some actions we need to avoid. Some actions we need to avoid. The first two verses, there's at least, what, six sins or so named there, and it says, after he told us to walk in love, he goes on in verse 3, he says, But fornication, all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, uh, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. And so these were sins that marked the, the world really in those days, especially there in Ephesus. And, uh, and you know, the Bible, Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. Boy, they mark our days too, if you really look at this. This is almost like reading a newspaper with America today. And, and sinners and sinners, listen, 
the sin and sinners really never changed. We all still follow the same path, and when we mess up, we go down that same path of depravity over and over, and, and we're led uh, really by, the, by our flesh. We're led by, of course, the, uh, the, the unclean spirits, uh, everything that the, uh, this devil, the devil wants to lead us down. But you know what? We don't have to live like that, do we? The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, we already read this before in verse 1, and you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. That's what he's describing here. He's describing the way the lost world lives, and here's the way they, they live. He said, according to the prince and power of the air, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's Satan himself, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among also we had our conversation our lifestyle is what he means in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others that's who we were before we got saved but now he's he's quickened us he's made us alive and so now we got to put those things off as we learned in chapter four as we put on being renewed in the spirit of the mind and and part of that's going to mean that we got to avoid some of these things and so you know the world does what it does right you can't expect a lost person to live like a saved person. They're, 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 they're just doing what they do. They, they live like a lost person, and, and uh, that's who they are. They're incapable, actually, to be honest with you, of changing. That's why all the, 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 the step programs normally don't work, and thank God for the few it does work with, but most of the time it doesn't because you're incapable of change in and of yourself. You need Christ in your life to change. That's why you get saved before you get cleaned up. Somebody say amen on that. You don't clean up and then come to Christ. You, you come to Christ as you are, and then he'll save you, and then he'll start working on you and help you clean up. And, and so that's the way the world lives. Listen, it's all about themselves. It's all about their flesh. It's all about the desires of the flesh. Uh, but the Lord wants us to, to, to be exactly the opposite. It's all selfish if you think about it. The Lord wants us to, to walk in love. Look what he says in verse 2. Walk in love, he says. The world and our flesh wants us to walk in lust. And so they're the complete different, uh, completely different. And I gave a, a truth there, which I don't know if you got a book or not. I don't know if I got it out in time or not. But true love is marked by what it gives, not by what it gets. And that's always a, a truth to, to, I want you just to remember there. So let's consider these sins. You know I'm going to find them, so let's get into it. If you're taking notes, write, you can write some of this down or you can just learn it. How about that? Look at the first one he lists there. Actions to avoid is what we're talking about. First thing he lists there is, is fornication. Now, we've covered that word many times in, in many studies because Paul lists it a lot, doesn't he? Uh, and uh, it comes from the word pornea. Guess what word we get from that from? What do we use? Pornography, right? But it refers to more, just the, more than just pornography in our modern-day terms. It refers to all types of sexual sin. It's in, it, it, listen, that would include sex before marriage. That would include adultery. That would include homosexuality, lesbianism. That would include... Uh, pornography, of course, it, it would include sexual lust as well. And so sexual immorality should not be part of the life of a believer. If we're going to imitate the Lord, then we got to get rid of that mess because we're imitating the lost when we do that is what he's teaching us here. And, uh, and, but here's the problem. We're sexual beings, aren't we? Uh, I mean, we are. The God made us that way. and So that means we face temptations in this area all the time. And we got to be careful not to allow those temptations to become a reality, though. A truth I wrote down is those that engage in sexual sin may temporarily get what they want, but they will usually lo lose what they had. I, wa I want you to listen to this carefully. 
Those who engage in sexual sin may temporarily get what they want, but they will lose what they have. I want to wrote this. This is a thought the Lord gave me. And you'll always end up losing more than you gained in the long run. Now, I could give you illustration after illustration after illustration of that. I'm not going to. You have seen illustration after illustration of that in friends' lives and families' lives and people's lives that, that have done that. But let me give you a few from the Bible. How about that? Such a, since it's such a personal issue, and I don't want to call out individual names on this. How about just look, let's look at some Bible illustrations of it. How about Reuben? How many of you how many remember Reuben? That was Jacob's first son, right? And guess what? He had an affair with Belial, his, his father's wife. He lost his birthright. Well, he had some fun, didn't he? Guess what? Cost him more than that moment of fun ever would. How about Samson? Y'all remember the lady that got his eyes? What was her name? Delilah, right? Think about all that cost him. Lost his strength, lost his sight, lost his power. Eventually lost his life even, if you go on through. How about David? How about he, he satisfied his sexual cravings with who? Bathsheba. How about you know that name, right? Uh, think about it. He lost the joy of his salvation. Remember when he's praying in Psalm 51? He wouldn't say, restore my salvation. He didn't lose his salvation. He lost the joy of his salvation. His fellowship with the, with the Lord there in uh, and, boy, what a, what a terrible place to be just in that. He lost the peace of God in his family, if you think about it. Boy, he even lost a child from that. Uh, how about uh, Solomon? He gained fame with the Lord, but he disobeyed. And over and over and over, married pagan women turned his heart, that, that turned his heart away from God. And all his vanity, he ended up writing, right? The Bible's full of illustrations of, of believers who gave in to fornication, gained what they thought they wanted, and it was a temporary pleasure. We're not minimizing that. But ended up losing way more than they ever gained. And I tell you, if we're going to take Christ, this is one thing we got to get out of our life. And Because uh, when, we're, when we're, we're, we're giving in to this stuff, listen, we're imitating the lost world more than we're imitating Christ. And, and uh, when we imitate the Lord, guess what? We'll walk in love. When we imitate the lost world, we'll walk in lust. Look at the difference between verse 2 and verse 3 there. It goes on. After fornication, there's another one there. Look at the next word. Uncleanliness. Uncleanliness. And comes from a word that literally means moral corruption or rottenness. The idea of filthy living. These all kind of tie together and interweave a little bit. And so it really... It, it, it refers to, I guess, impure motives and living and moral corruption, and, and it's a, basically a lifestyle that just dishonors God, dishonors God's word, uh, dishonors uh, his commandments. And let me tell you, that was a huge problem in the days of Ephesus that Paul's writing here. That society was about as perverse as they come. Perversion, corruption was everywhere. And uh, do you know in Ephesus, if you, you study this out historical, the men were expected to have a mistress on the side. They were expected to. You, you were abnormal if you didn't. Almost there today, aren't we? Huh. How about the temples? And they were staffed with hundreds of prostitutes and priestesses. Money collected from, that, from the offering that would come in when they would give their bodies for sexual pleasure funded the construction of those pagan temples. Corruption at the highest level. That's a welcome to America today, right? And... Uh, we got believers doing whatever they need to do, no matter how morally corrupt it is, to try to get ahead, get a little money, 
thunder filthy habits. I'll sleep with so-and-so if it'll, it'll get me what I want. I'll, I'll cheat on my taxes. Uh, uh. I'll take advantage of people through my business. Right? How many of you know Christians are doing that? Uh, don't even get me talking about Washington, D.C. We're going to leave that one alone. Amen. <laughs> we are certainly living in a society of moral corruption. And I believe it's on every level. But here's the deal. Paul's talking to believers. That's what the world's going to do, right? Us as believers should be different, is what he's saying. He said we should be different than that. And, and when believers do that, those same things, listen, we're imitating the lost. We're not imitating the Lord. And we're called, in fact, commanded to be a follower of God, an imitator of Christ. Look at the next word in the list, covetous. Covetous. And uh, that comes from a word literally means greed and lust. That's a pretty easy one, right? Let me help you with that. That's a desire to possess that which belongs to another. So we just give an altar call right now. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one down there, right? We struggle with that one, don't we? We see other people driving stuff, other people's houses, other people's whatever. It, we, want, we want what everybody else wants. And, uh, yeah, boy, we struggle with that. Look at verse 5, because I want you to miss, don't miss this. Verse 5 tells us that this list of stuff, including covetousness, including fornication, is really idolatry. You ever think about it that way? Read verse 5 with me. The Bible says, For this you know, that no whoremonger nor clean, unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater. So you said, I don't have any idols in my life. Well, when you're coveting something everybody else has that you want that isn't yours, guess what? You just became an, that just became an idol to you according to the word of God. Uh, we say we don't worship statues. We're just as bad as idols as, uh, as those folks in the Old Testament that worshiped the statues were. So we're guilty of following other little g-gods when we're wanting this and this and this. The object of their desire, whether it be a person or a thing, sometimes it's a person, right, is elevated to the status of worship when we seek it more than we seek God. That's what he's teaching us here. Listen, we're all full of greed sometimes and, and lust after things. But listen, we've got to get that out of our lives, what he's saying. Remember, the whole goal here was to, to put off and put on. The whole goal here is to be an imitator, a mimic of the Lord, and not like the lost. The whole goal here was to uh, be conformed into his image. And the whole goal here is, uh, is that process of sanctification. And listen, when we're full of greed and lust, here's what we're doing. We're imitating the lost, and we're not imitating the Lord. Another action we should avoid. Let me give one more. Filthiness. Look at the list here. It says filthiness. That literally means obscenity, crudeness, that which is base or shameful, improper or vulgar. It speaks of things that are kind of dirty in nature. Uh, how many of you have those, hear those folks talking maybe in a workplace? And I'm telling you what, <laughs> you couldn't repeat it, right? Could you repeat half the conversations you hear in a workplace here in church? I hope not. <laughs> Again, lost world's going to do what the lost world does, right? How about TV and movies? Now, I'm not one of them anti-turn everything off. I'm telling you, we do need to watch what we allow in, don't we? What comes in the eye gates and what comes in the ear gates, I'm telling you what, it'll eventually come out, and it'll, it'll, it'll mess with us some. Listen, all you got to do is turn it on. You'll see filthiness, and you'll see this word defined. It'll be there in action. Uh, nothing's really sacred anymore. God's names, listen, listen. It's just taken in vain, left and right. Used to be a day, even as a lost man, 
That was a word I wouldn't say. I wouldn't put God's name with another four-letter word. I knew better than that. There was something about that that I just now just thrown around left and right. And uh, this is this is where we're heading. Sexual innuendo. Think, think about that. Everything. Uh, I'm back in the secular world now. It is amazing how everything has a sexual innuendo now. How they'll come back. Can I get? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Make sure we're. Make sure we're on the same page. That, that's the idea of this filthiness. That's the idea of what he's talking about here. And, uh, and so dirty jokes, loose talk, however you want to say it, sexual euphemisms everywhere. The uh, truth I wrote down was simple this. We've kind of lost the ability to blush. Some, uh, some of you older saints, I don't, that's a bad way to say that. Some of you ancient saints, that's a Bible way. <laughs> uh, if you turned on TV today, you would have thought all of that stuff, listen, you could only see that stuff if you went to the, the secret place. That's, that's broadcast on public TV today, right? Listen to the conversations today. It's amazing how far down it's gone. Here's the deal. The lost world is going to do what the lost world does, right? Paul's challenged those to believers here. So even as God's people today, listen, uh, so many that profess Christ, so the way they talk, claiming to be saved, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know how I'll say this. They, they kind of embarrass me sometimes, right? Sometimes, unfortunately, I probably embarrass myself too, but so many times there's no difference between us and this lost world. And let me tell you, when we live like that, that dishonors God. And we should dictate the standard. How many of y'all agree with that? You know what I'm talking about? Still allowed, the, allowed in this world to press us into their mold, worship, we should dictate the standard. Uh, how many of you remember Romans 12, 2, and what it says there, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the Bible says, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, here, here's, a, here's a truth of the way I like to say it. This is a great illustration in marriage, but it's also a great illustration in life and how you can, how you can make an impact. Instead of you falling in the same rut and being just like the lost world, you can be the one that's different. And uh, as a Christian, we should be like the thermostat. You know, you say, what's a thermostat? Well, a thermostat's what controls the temperature of the room, right? Too many times we're like the thermometer, though. We just record the temperature and say everything's bad instead of being the leader and setting the temperature in the room. And, uh, and uh, how many of you ever had one of those people? I got, I got a guy at work I'm, I'm working on. Amen. You always got to have somebody working on, right? And... Uh, <laughs> He struggles with four-letter words, right? Lost people do what lost people do, right? Now, don't isolate yourself. How you ever win somebody to Christ, right? All right? But so I'm around it. Here's how you can tell whether you're being a thermostat or a thermometer, right? I'm a thermometer. I'm saying, golly, what's wrong with him? Four-letter word, lost heathen. <laughs> or if I'm a thermostat, guess what? After he says every one of those words when I'm in her, I'm so sorry. Guess what? That's making an impact. Does that make sense? When they're apologizing for what they said, now guess what? Every day it seems like a, it gets a little cleaner. Look, he's still messing up. Don't get me wrong. 
And, of course, he didn't need to do it to impress me. He needs to do it because uh, it's right for the Lord. But I'm just telling you, that's how you can start to make it. You can tell if you're even making a difference. You say, am I just going with the flow, or do, does other people, does me being there cause others to try to live holier, even if they're not even saved? And, uh, and you can tell whether you're making a difference. It'll be a thermostat is what I'm trying to say. And I'm just telling you, listen, that filthiness, when it comes, it filters down. Remember, kids imitate their who? Did you, have you ever heard the vocabulary of some of our kids today? Even in the young ages? You say, well, they got that all from TV. Yeah, maybe they got some of it from there. By the way, parents, you're the parent. Why are you letting them watch that and listen to that? Turn it off. That thing has an off button, same one that turns it on usually in most remotes. Or even better yet, maybe you let them watch it, but change the channel, right? Uh, but I'm going to tell you where they usually hear it from. Mama and Daddy. They're just imitating. You say, hey, I hear people say, well, I'll tell you what, somebody ought to take those kids out and whoop their tails the way they run their mouths. I hear that said all the time. You know what somebody ought to do? I'll take those parents out and whoop their tails. Because they're just imitating what they learned from their parents. And that's, that's where, kind of where we're living today. Uh, I, I remembered... I remembered when I was, I think I might, I might even use this illustration here before. But, uh, how many of you remember the movie The Sandlot? Anybody remember that? Baseball movie. Little kids baseball movie. And I remember when I was young, I watched that thing. I, there's three of them, I think, or whatever, two of them. What a great, I loved that movie. Little kid watching that growing up. I was a baseball guy. And, and so when my kids were starting to get older, and we were living in North Carolina, I said, I saw that thing at Walmart and that discount bin. Y'all know those little discount bins? and You can buy the whole set, you know, for nine bucks. I was like, golly, what a deal. Boys, y'all got to watch this movie. This is great. Baseball, you know, all these kids. You're, you're going to love this movie. At the time, I had this DV, uh, a DVD player. I bought it online, and they since got sued and went out of business. But it was a great concept. The DVD player, what, what this company did was, was it had a thing you could download and, and you kept it updated and it knew about every movie and it knew the scenes and you could set scenes so you could get rid of cussing you could get rid of sexual scenes so you could watch a regular movie but it would clean it up basically it would just skip the scenes is what it would do just skip by it it knew where the parts were it knew those minutes it needed to skip so I put that thing in and my boys and I were watching it. I said, okay, you're going to love this movie. I was so excited to watch it with them. And, and uh, we started watching that thing. And like every three to five seconds, that thing was Like we couldn't even make out what the thing was saying. I'm like, man. I remember pulling the DVD out and blowing on it. How many of you know like that's going to do something? But we do it, right? And wiping it on your shirt and getting grease all up. And, and putting it back in and. Still skipping. That's what I thought. Things skipping. What in the world? No wonder it was in the bargain bin, I was thinking. And uh, finally, I remembered my DVD player did that. And it was bothering me. So I just decided to go in, just turned off all filtering off. And I found out why I was skipping. You know, when I was a lost guy growing up, I didn't think twice about half those words I was hearing. I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to let my sons just, just, at a, at a very young age, sit there and enjoy that, that garbage, basically, that filthiness. And uh, it's amazing what we let in their eyes. Listen, you can't trust the federal government or the FCC 
Somebody say amen. To set the proper uh, standards of decency for you or for your children. Listen, parents, it's our responsibility. We're the gatekeepers of our home. I think we're going to answer for how we protect our children. We need to avoid filthiness as believers. By the way, it starts with you. Avoid letting it in your eye gate and your ear gate and all that as well. Look at the next one. Other things to avoid. Uh, foolish talking. Foolish talking. This literally comes from a word, moralagia, that means moronic words. Moronic words. Uh, it's silly speech. It really, it really deals with, if you want to break it down, this is obscenities and crude speech. This is the four-letter words. This is the cussing and so forth. And, and so some Christians today, I'm telling you, have a dirtier, cruder, dirtier, cruder mouse than, than, the, than the lost world even does. It's amazing uh, how folks are. Can I tell you what you sound like when you go around throwing out four-letter words left and right? So many people think they sound cool. I'm going to be hip. I'm going to talk like the world talks. I've seen Christians just go down this track. Things that they would never say now comes out every sentence almost. I mean, some even close to me, just dirty, filthy mouths now. You don't sound cool. You sound like a moron. And I didn't say it, the Bible did, because that's the word it came from, amen. That's exactly what we sound like. And There's never excuse for us to cuss as a Christian. I mean, when you hit your thumb with a hammer... Maybe a word flies out, but you'll know you've right. You started to get some sanctification. You start to make your practice a whole lot more like your position when you can actually hit that thumb with a hammer as I did yesterday. And I said, oh, Lord, that hurt. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, that wouldn't what would have come out a while back. And it would have been something else. I said, good day would happen there. Because there's some reasons we got to put off this speech. Cursing, crude, off-color speech. Can I just tell you, first of all, I, I think it just reveals your ignorance. You say, preacher, you're getting awful feisty today. Well, just in the dirt. Amen. <laughs> and I do. I, have you ever heard people talk like that? It's like you have not learned any other words. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Every, every adjective is a cuss word. You just sound stupid. You sound ignorant, right? And so just put it off just so you don't sound so stupid and ignorant. You say, you're not supposed to say stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. Amen. <laughs> when you use words that are crude and off color, obviously the most embarrassing thing, especially for a Christian, is you dishonor the Lord. Another reason to get rid of it. And, of course, I already told you this one. It makes you look like a moron. Again, that's the, the Bible's word. Listen, don't go around cussing left and right. you got nothing to fit into. He's called us to be different from the world. He called us to be an imitator, a, a mimic of the Lord, not an imitator or a mimic of the lost. And so Paul says when we talk like this, that's what we're doing. We're imitating the lost, not the Lord. Avoid foolish, or foolish talking. Look, One more word. Look at this one, jesting. Look what he says here. Jesting. Same idea, kind of, of foolish talk, but kind of, kind of has the idea more of turning. It speaks of, of wit or talk that, uh, that takes someone or something that's said or done, no matter how innocent it was, turns it into something obscene. You ever met somebody that does that? Yeah, I mean, you can tell somebody's maturity. If you say sentence and, and they've turned it into something obscene. Anytime they do that. And uh, folks do this all the time. That's jesting. That's, that, that's uh, twisting something into dirty or some type of sexual innuendo. By the way, that kind of speech always comes from a dirty heart, right? 
What did Jesus say? Luke 6 and verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth, what? Speaketh. That's right. And uh, so all those things proceed from the heart, the Bible says. So we're to avoid these things, what he's teaching us. fact is, some of these things are found too often in, uh, in God's children. And uh, we need to seek his help. Listen, we need to seek him and get them out of our lives. In fact, verse 3 says this. Look what it says. It says, it should not be once be named among you. It should not be once named among you. That's telling us we need to get rid of them. Because when we partake of those, we are not being an imitator or a mocker or a, a mimic of God. We're mocking God's what we're doing. We're being an imitator of the lost. So some actions to avoid. Now, let's finish today with this thought. Not only some actions to avoid, but there's one more truth I want you to get out of here because there's a lot that derives from this truth. And I simply wrote it this. If you're taking notes, there's, a, there's an attitude we've got to adopt. An action to avoid and an attitude we've got to adopt. Look again in verse 4 with me at the end of it. After he says, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient. But look what he says, but, change of thought, right? But, rather giving of thanks. He says, quit all that junk, some actions to avoid, and get back to having an attitude of thanks, of gratitude. Rather engage in those activities, hey, the Bible gives us a different alternative here. Be thankful is what he's saying. The phrase suggests everything we say, everything we do, must be governed by who I am, and more importantly, whose I am, right? Who I am and whose I am. And there's our time in our life, again, we were no different than the lost world. We were lost just like them. We lived like them. We acted like them. We talked like them. We, we did so because we were them. But then we got saved, amen? And the Bible tells us that the day we got saved, positionally, he made me in a brand new creature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's my position. But now as I put these truths into practice, my practices start to match my position. So think about it. He delivered us out of that bondage to having to live like that, talk like that, act like that. Now through Christ, we have the capacity to put that stuff off, we learned in the last chapter, and to put on the new man. And, and so... For that change and for the fact he just saved our soul from the devil's hell, we should forever be thankful and grateful. The word thanks carries the idea of being thanks, uh, being thankful. That's all it really means. And, and that, should, that, should be, that should flow uh, abundantly from our heart. Remember, the, the, the bad stuff came from here, right? But when we're truly thankful, guess what? That should flow out too. And it's amazing how just the attitude of thankfulness We'll get rid of half those actions. Don't miss that. That ties together. Look at why he wrote it here. It's not the only place Paul wrote it, by the way. We'll see that in just one minute. But that's what the Lord desires from you. Let me just read you a few verses here that talking about what the Lord desires from us. Hebrews 1.15 said this, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. What's continually mean? Always, right? That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, he says. Ephesians 5.20, well, later we'll get to that, down verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, how about 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So instead of running to do the same things the lost world does, we who are saved must adopt an attitude of praise 
and be thankful for all that the Lord has done for us. Uh, that implies he should be the centerpiece, really, of our thoughts, of our desires, of our motives. When he is, we'll be thankful. And when he isn't, we'll walk in sin. Flip with me real quick. We're, we'll be out of time here in a minute. But Romans one twenty one. I want you to see this. Don't miss this thought. This, listen. One of the major issues that calls us to live the way we live when we live like a lost person is because we're not thankful. And the Bible just said it right here. You say, well, I say thanks all the time. You can say it. I'm talking about from the heart. You can say all kinds of stuff. Christians say all kinds of stuff and live completely different. But look at Romans chapter 1 and verse 21-ish. Let me get there, sorry. Paul's getting ready to lay out. We don't have time to go through it all, but he's getting ready to lay out, and you're going to watch, I mean, the disintegration of man. Um, in fact, <laughs> just kind of, in verse 22, he says, professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man, birds to four-footed beasts and creeping things are worshiping everything under the sun but God Almighty. He said, wherefore God also gave them over uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the, the truth of God into a lie, worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Are we not living there right? You just go right through this. And for this cause, God gave them over their vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use uh, into that which is against nature. Here we go with lesbianism and and also, and likewise, also the men leave the natural use of the woman, burned in lust one towards the other, men with men, working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves a recompense of their, their error, which was meat. There's your homosexuality. And even as they that did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And you could keep reading and just look at the list. It goes on and on and on and on and on. The, just the downgrade of a complete society. That started with the downgrade of a complete individual. Now, before all that happened, I want you to go back and miss, don't, don't miss this, and I'm, I'm closing. But go back to verse number 21. These were people that knew truths about God. Right? The Bible says in verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation world are clearly seen. They're without excuse, he's saying. But even understood by the things that are eternal, even as Godhead, uh, eternal power and Godhead, that they were without excuse. Verse 21, because that, when they knew God, there was a time these folks knew God, all right? They glorified him not as God, neither were what? Thankful. See, all his actions came from a heart that was not thankful. So when Paul's writing over here in Ephesians, he's telling us the exact same truth. He said, listen, when, when you're stuck in fornication and, and jesting and uh, filthy talk, and, and you go through that whole list of, of filthiness and stuff that he laid out, he said, here's one of the root issues, if you're truly saved and you're still struggling with that. If you're not saved, you're just living the way you're supposed to live. Get saved, and God will start to change you. If you are saved, guess what? One of the root issues why you struggle with all that is because you're not grateful or thankful. He says, start being thankful. Start praising God. And you can start having victory over those, other, those actions. When we get the attitude right, guess what? It'll help us get the actions right. Uh, it'll help us to start being an imitator, a follower of God, instead of an imitator of the lost world.
Imitate the Lord, not the lost. Father, we thank you for our time together, Lord, here in Sunday school, Lord. Thank you for Lord, the truth of the word of God, Lord, that, that just hit, Lord, so many times right where we live. And God, I, I tell you, I, I confess and hear just publicly, Lord, there's so many times in my life I'm not thankful. So many times in my life I'm wanting the next thing, living for the next thing. And Lord, as a result, every single time when I get let my actions get to that place, and I lose the attitude of thankfulness, Lord. I start going down that rabbit hole, Lord, that no Christian should go down. So, Lord, help us, because I'm sure if it's true in my life, and if Paul wrote it, and it's true in the Ephesians' life, and, Lord, it's true in everybody's life, help us to just get that attitude right. Help us to go through the day, every day, Lord, being thankful and grateful for all that you've done for us, so that, Lord, our actions then, once our attitude's right, can start to imitate the Lord instead of imitate the lost. Bless our hour. Bless Brother Burke's Lord as he's coming here at the 1030 hour to preach to our heart. Thank you for him and his wife, Lord, and their family, their ministry, all the years they've served, and uh, Lord, and, and Crow Baptist. Thank you for having them come back and be with us again today, Lord, and just pray that you'd use him mightily. Pray that, Lord, we'd come with, a, with a, an attitude of expectation and ready to receive what you have for us. Bless now the the preaching hour, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.